first time in the new year, so. Hooray! Yeah, proper equipment and stuff. And, and the chair. Yeah, as you can tell, Paul's very, very excited to be back. I'm, I'm always excited. Hooray! Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we see each other on Thursday. That's when we recorded our catch-up episodes. We did. And the boy and I meet back out at home and uploaded it as soon as I could. And we watched some Monty Python too. Oh yeah. Before I left, Paul took me to watch a bit of Monty Python's Flying Circus. It was yeah, rather funny indeed. Uh, but there hasn't been as much of a gap between us and each other as it usually would between these shows. So no. Is there anything you is there anything noteworthy you got up to between then and now that you would you think people would be interested by? Did you manage to get around to finishing Breaking Bad? I did. I did. And it was very very good. Little anticlimactic, but still very good no obviously we don't want to spoil it for anybody no 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 done seen a bit without spoiling it would you fitting into the show yes or no well mostly yeah i'd say so it was it was decent mm. and once i'd finished that i started reading picture of dorian gray mm. which i'm getting through I've, one of those books you keep meaning to read you know mm-hmm. uh I'm attempting to quit smoking with limited success. Well, these things like that are never usually easy. Yeah. Have you started watching Never Call Saul yet? Yes, I have. I have. I'm I'm part way through the first episode. It's very good. And I believe what did I watch? I watched some kind of messed up horror movie called Splinters or Splintered. Very good. Really quite messed up and gory, but you know, it's good. Alright. I, uh, I had some stuff I wanted to talk about, positive stuff, but uh, before I got to that, I wanted to talk about something that just really annoyed me. What's that? It's just one of the things you see and you think, oh, for fuck's sake, what's this now? It was a discussion on, I believe, Good Morning Britain or something like that, one of those kind of early morning discussions. Yeah, yeah, it was fucking shows uh, uh, which shows where you want to punch everyone that's on it yes that's one presented by Piers Morgan one of the more punchable faces oh you don't just want to punch him you want to hit him with something but, uh, the discussion point was there's only a snippet of the conversation I've seen someone shared it on Twitter and uh, it was, was discussing whether or not holding the door open when you hold the door open for a woman to go through and saying the words ladies first as whether or not that is patronising to women or something. How in the crap is that patronising? I don't know, something about... The woman was saying about stuff like that and men paying for dinner. Uh, something about an expectation, oh. expect men expecting something back from women. God damn people, man. Do you know, honestly, society the way it is right now kind of really just disgusts me. You know, they're either whining because, and I'm not just talking about, well, I'm talking about people, right? I'm not distinguishing between sexes or whatever, right? Yeah, of course. People. They're either whining because they're not fucking getting something, or they're whining because they're getting too much of something. Yeah, no. We're f- fucking freaks. Hey, as I mentioned, Piers Morgan, not the most likeable person. No, he's but not so likeable. But there was a point in this thing where even I had to kind of defend him. Well, but go on. There was a bit he's uh, trying to make an example they give to this woman who's presenting the point that the whole thing is patronising yeah, yeah. and he's trying to present an argument and he's saying, well we have these lovely ladies who work in our makeup department and then she cuts, it, cuts them off and says that saying lovely lady don't describe them as lovely ladies or something like that is in itself patronising and he didn't say this but I would love for him to say, oh my god Mary, he said we have these female human beings that work in our makeup or these ugly trolls that work in our makeup department. We do our makeup fine, but god damn it, no makeup will help them. She says, and the woman says, would you use that phrase to describe a man? If it was, I'm just thinking, well, I'm thinking, well, you could, because the word lovely is not a gender specific yeah. word. You could say, oh, I met Terry the other day, he's a lovely fella. Uh, ex- yeah, exactly. He's wearing a lovely suit. See? Yeah. You could, words. He's got. He's got a lovely. He's got a lovely manner about him. Yes. Yeah. What lovely is meant to be as a compliment? Why are we arguing against? Yeah. Or look, Just look at his lovely new shoelaces. Okay, you're taking it too far. <laughs> yeah, but. 
Well, damn, someone could have lovely shoelaces. Yeah. And you see, the thing is, I'm not getting this all, all a gay, a gay scene. Oh, I can't see this. I can't do nothing. I can't see anything around a woman. Because it was a woman on Twitter who shared the clip and was like, I can't. And said to yeah. the same, what the hell are we, do, are we even doing anymore? See, I'm see, generally fine because I'm, I'm unpleasant to most people. <laughs> I don't distinguish. Yeah. You know? I don't care what the hell you are. I'll be unpleasant to you. It's like Frankie Boyle says, I can't be racist. I haven't finished hating all the white people yet. <laughs> but, uh, when, a woman, when you're trying to, you're coming on an, on t- television and trying to stick up for a woman and say, well, you can't say this, and, and you've got the demographic that you're trying to defend sharing this online, essentially calling you out for essentially getting involved yeah. in it, then really you've got to that you're kind of nitpicking at things. Now you see, that's why that's generally why I'm universally unpleasant and never get involved in anything. My thing is, there are thing, one of the things that most annoys me is that there are things in life to be annoyed about. Yeah. But we're focusing on these other things that we shouldn't be annoyed about. Like, and the news, there's a thing on the news about the me- some place that sells a major wage gap between men and women, like places I think it was EasyJet. Yeah. It's like men are like the gap is almost like fifty-seven. Like yeah, that's, more, that's more than half. That's something to be. That's something TV. to be bitching about, that's you know. Go on TV and be talking about, not whether or not you can say ladies first or whatever. Yeah. Like, focus on the life is too short to not to focus on these minor things. Focus on these major issues. Get them sorted out. And since we're on these nitpicking, what people can and can't see. Since we're on these major, these minor issues, you know. I, I I never have distinguished between holding a door for a man or a woman. G- generally, it's just it's common decency, you know. If you're first through the door and you know you can hold it for someone or it would help that person, yeah, do it. My main issue is not what it's not if they. My main issue is not to say ladies or men first. My main issue is whether or not they say thank you when yeah. you hold the door, and if they don't, I wish death upon them. Yeah, I I generally don't say anything. I just do it like a. A polite motion of hand, if you will, like, you know. And I think that if you're getting the door hold open for you, then the best thing you can do is to at least say thank you for the person taking those few seconds out of their day. To open the, hold the door for you. Just taking a few seconds out, so a few seconds of you saying, responding with a thank you is really, not you're not losing much time out of your day. No, doesn't it doesn't take time to be pleasant with people. Yeah, I just, I've seen that. And I have good stuff I actually want to talk about, but I just seen that and it really just annoyed me. Yeah. Like I was listening to Inside the Ropes a few weeks ago, and they were talking about there was a Christmas episode they were doing because they were doing the Christmas Day episode of Raw. Yeah. And uh, they talked about a story about how the term "father Christmas" isn't gender neutral enough. Ah. Oh, and they rightfully called it like, and I'm sorry if we have under very chi- if we have children who listen to the show and. If you're letting your children listen to the show, I question your your judgment. Yes. But Santa Claus. Especially with him on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Me. I'm talking about you. <laughs> but uh, I'm sorry if I'm quadling this, but Santa Claus isn't real. So to 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 people who don't believe, damn it, he isn't real to people who don't believe. But Santa Claus isn't real. He doesn't care whether or not his name is gender neutral enough. What do you want to do, give Santa a fucking sex change? He is real, and he's a big man with a beard, damn it. Children might be listening, don't ruin it for them. Well, I'm just saying, come on. But the, the, general, the general image everyone has of Santa Claus, right? He's a big old fat fuck with a beard. Big old fat man with a beard. He could not be any more man if you fucking tried. This is a this is a guy um, figure that's been around for decades now. What is the point in changing him? What, is, what good is it going to do to anybody? Fucking gender neutral it's gonna, centre. It's going to help. Aye, there's one that changed the name to Person Claus or whatever shit. Oh fuck! See, like, this is the shit that makes you want to Christmas kill the planet. Or Person Christmas or whatever. Like, it's going to appease you, people that are complaining about it. Oh, you mean but, idiots? But, yeah, but you're really going to annoy more people than you're going to be yeah. helping. See, like, there you go, you've hit the nail on the head. That's that's what's the problem with our society today. We're spending too much time appeasing fucking idiots. Plus, if you're a child, do you care what Santa's called? You just want him to give, him pre- him to give you presents. 
you just want to sit in his lap, you don't care what he's called, you just want to sit there and tell him what you want for Christmas. I get a selection box off him or some uh, crap. Like, for God's sake, the Fucking kids don't care. Like, see, this is what I said, go back to what I said a few minutes ago, there are things to be annoyed about in life, but this is not one of them. Oh, Scott, there are so many things to be annoyed with in life. So many. But we can't fix them all because the majority of society are fucking moronic nowadays. See, when I hear stuff like this, uh, I, I really taking that to a, a Lemmy sketch, you know that Lemmy show? Yeah, know? yeah. There's a bit in that that I always think about in situations like this where uh, I think it's in the first season where he says, he talks about saving the planet and essentially he's like, why should we help younger generations? I fucking hate younger, the younger generation. And he, and he looks at some boy who walks by, he's like, Look at him, it looks like his trousers are falling down. And that day, if you looked like that, it was because your trousers had fell down. <laughs> but, but the way he talks about it, he says, the younger generation, we're working, doing all these things to help sustain the world for the younger gen, for future generations. But the future generations are going to look back on how we did things and laugh at us. And I think about that. Like, we were trying so hard today to be so diverse and shit like that. And there's nothing wrong with that, but we're going to such an extreme for it. Like, that no matter how far we go, and if in like a couple of maybe a hundred years or so, maybe less from now, people are going to look back on certain things that we see as normal now. Well, and look back and look at us and say, how stupid were those people to think this? Certain was things that society sees as normal now. Yes, that, we, that the general population see as a normal thing to do. Mm. That is, we're going to look back and see, oh, what the. Like, See, how, why did they think that was a good idea? Like back in the day, like when you learn about history, like the early, you learn about things that were normal hundreds of years ago. Well, it's easy to look back and say, "Oh, why was that allowed?" Knowing what we know now, but I I reckon we do say history repeats itself, right? Yeah. I'm hoping. I'm so hopeful that in ten years, this past ten, fifteen years will seem like a really, really, really fucked up blip. And people will finally come out of their stupor and realise just how fucking retarded they were being. Yeah. You know? Because I, th- I think that would be better. Because, I mean, you spend so much time whining and worrying about hurt feelings and, oh, they said something bad to me, or, oh, no, they're smoking around me, or, oh, fuck. You know? Such whiny, pathetic little fuckers, man. <laughs> you know? I, I hate to be the one that says it, but fucking yeah. grow a pair, grow a thicker skin. I know. And worry about what's... Worry about important things, not petty little fucking squabbles that are, quite frankly, meaningless to most people. And, and like I said, in probably in decades from now, somebody's going to look back and, and say, these people, these people who thought this was a good idea to make it and make this inclusive, they weren't doing it, they weren't doing good enough, we're going to have to do all this shit. They're going to look back on you and they're going to laugh at you. I'm just hoping in 10, 15 years we can turn around to all these fucking millennials and go, see, tell you, Mm -hmm. yous were dicks. You know? (laughs) You were wrong. Sorry, I'm going to say, this is getting a bit too... Aggravated. No, I was going to say, this is getting a bit too deep for this podcast. Like People are all going to be listening to this like, this is not why I tune in to listen for. No. I tune in to listen to ramblings about general ramblings about wrestling or TV shows or shit like okay. that. Okay, Let, let's change it up, then. I do have a few subjects, but I just want to get. That I have out a way. I have a quick flow flow through one. I just wanted to like vent my this thing that annoyed me and then lead into another point that really annoyed me. Just get it out at the start of the podcast. Get the negativity out. Now you you so, see it's it's never good for you to start venting and then let me vent. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. But let's let's be happy. Scott, what is your favourite type of biscuit? Ooh, what is my favourite biscuit? <laughs> See, this is what you tune in for. Quality content. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Do you, do you have a, do you like a cup of tea? I I'm not a tea or coffee drinker. Oh. I do like a good biscuit. Oh, you do like a, do you like milk? Do you like a glass of milk? I I do like milk. But I'm not, I wouldn't go out way to drink a full glass of milk. See, a little glass of milk with a biscuit, that is, that is a nice thing. Mm. You sound like my mother. So what 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 particular biscuit would you have with a glass of milk? I because I would have it with a cup of tea myself, but... I don't know. Give me a thing to think about. What would you say is your favourite biscuit? 
My favourite biscuit to have with a cup of tea, I would have to say, is a chocolate digestive. I do enjoy those. Or or a custard cream. Does an Empire biscuit count? I, an I Empire do, biscuit does. I do enjoy a good Empire biscuit, not just with not just with milk, but with anything. Really. Yeah, you can't. That's not really a dipping biscuit, but you can have it with your. Well, you, you could break it up into bits and then. No, you you can eat your biscuit and then wash it down with your tea or whatever, but you yeah. can It's not really a dipping biscuit. Yeah, well, I'm not much of a dipper anyway, because again, I don't really look for it. I don't uh, really drink tea or something. You should. Tea is very good for you. But to bring this back to more positive stuff, like, uh, I said I ate this thing that initially annoyed me. Are you, are you telling me cups of tea in your favourite biscuit causes mind-numbing despair? No. <laughs> I'm just, I just have other things I want to talk about, and now that we're done, now you've cheered us back up after we talked about stuff that really pisses us off. Yeah, biscuits. Woo! Yeah. Uh, I told you I seen that thing that annoyed me that I wanted to get off my chest quickly about on Twitter. Yeah. And that was while doing work for our current Scott and Paul Rambling podcast Twitter page, which you can follow at SP Rambling. Wink, wink, plug, plug. <laughs> and I put up, I, I sent out a little tweet with a little poll the other day. Uh, Paul, Paul thinks Bray Wyatt should win the Royal Rumble. I think it will be Shinsuke Nakamura. Who do you think is more likely to win? How's the, tw- how's the poll going? And uh, the final results are in. Oh. And uh, the, no, no to the surprise of, well, not my surprise, uh, is overwhelming 30% Wyatt, 70% in favour of Shinsuke Nakamura. You people are all wrong. All wrong. They, they're just realists, Paul. But 30% of you... Good people. Okay, so you think you're, you're all wrong when a, a larger percentage voted for white than I thought would. You're definitely wrong. You suck. I'm just thinking realistically. I, did, I wasn't sure how many people would agree with you, but you got th- you got thirty percent of our audience to agree yeah, with you. Yeah, thirty percent of those people were right. And uh, thank you to everybody who has followed so far. We're up to a good, we've got a good amount of followers so far. Not. As large as some other people, but we're around. We've been around for a wee while. I got that today. Can I finish my, my plug? Okay. We're, we've got a good number for the fact that I I had this up like two weeks ago, so we've got a good amount of. Uh, I think we've got a good amount of followers for the short amount of time we've we've had this page up. How many do we have? I don't know if I should actually say the number, but. Uh, Wait. Wait. Don't say the number on the show. Wait a moment. I have an idea. Write the number, okay, and right. and show me the number. Right. There you go. You write the number. You show me it, and then I can be like, "Yay, good number." Three numbers? No, just, no, just... Ah, you're just making sure the pen was working? Yeah, I was just making sure the pen was working, that first oh. mark is the... So the two numbers... Yeah, that's working. good, that's good, that's a good amount of people. Yes, we're getting up there quite... Yes, we are. But yeah, so you, you're finished, are you finished your plug? Well, in a minute, I'm just going to say, uh... Jesus, patience, we've got a format to do here. There's somewhat of a format. Paul's just so desperate to tell me it talks to me about a DVD he's got he's waving about, but I'll first say thanks for following if you have already. If you haven't, please be sure to do so. And also like our Facebook page, I put a link up to that. Yeah. And also if you feel like if you like following us, come follow me at ScopeTheCloud1996. I know it's the most basic Twitter name to use, but I didn't know much about Twitter at the time, so I just went with it. Do you know what? It's You don't need to have a fantastic Twitter name. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, a lot of people who follow this page have came and followed me already, which is which I appreciate. And uh, I'm sure we'll have some good chat online. But uh, so I don't know what else to say. Paul, you're so different. Talk about your bloody DVD. What is? Oh no, I just I got it because it's got like the guy that played in Blade Two, the bad guy from Blade Two. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's in it, and I thought, ah. I never give his other films much of a chance because I've seen Hellboy Two and it sucked. You know, but... So who's, who's the guy from... Who's, what guy are you talking about? Where's his name? Uh, Luke Goss. Oh. He was a, a drummer in an 80s pop band and then he was an actor. Huh. Yeah. 
på Band Bros. Ah. Who guilty guilty pleasure wise I have their live concert video. And yes, I did say video. No, people that are listening. That was I think I was born at the arse end. No, you weren't. You were born in ninety six. The last videotape officially released to the general public was in two thousand and six. It was a history of violence. That was the last released videotape. In 2006. I remember I had a, I had a, I would tape all the old uh, WWE pay-per-views, mainly the ones that were on Sky Sports because I couldn't get Skybox office at the time. Ah. So I put the videotape in, and then you said, after once you watched it, if you watched it, watch it again, you had to go all the way back Shit. to the start. But I remember I had, I think it was Cadbury Tuesday 2004, and yeah. I watched it so many times that it would like, get random, like, in the first match, the thing just went black for a couple of seconds, and then just went back to the match. I don't think it was the paper, I think it was more so the video itself. Yeah. Well. But then I'd watched it so many times that I could accurately time when it was going to happen. <laughs> like, three, two, one, then goes back, back to the match. I would say you should tell the, you should tell the listeners of my vast VHS wrestling collection. Why don't you tell them? Paul has a vast VHS I do. collection. I do. That is almost 100 pay-per-views. Ah. In most of them, about 64. Four of them are on videotape. Mm. Yeah. That's a good number. All good ones too. Yeah. Two of which I may add are signed. You know this. You've seen these. Yes, and remind people which ones those are. SummerSlam '88 and '89 signed by Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who signed it, King Duggan. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I just remember something. And I was last week on the podcast, I talked about your gift that I had ordered. Oh, my gift. Do yes. you not have it yet? I do not have it, but I did get uh, See, I, I thought I thought it might be the biscuit. <laughs> you, thought I, you thought it took ages for me to get you an Empire biscuit for, for your Christmas. I could have easily gave you that. <laughs> but then why didn't you just give me a biscuit? <laughs> I'll, I'll go buy you a biscuit after this. Okay, Len, okay. But anyway, I got an email <laughs> yesterday... All of them the bus and remain telling me that your gift had been dispatched. So it shall be probably shall be with me within the next couple of days. So it's been dispatched now. Yes. Okay. So it shall should probably be with me in the next couple of days. Woo. And here for me to give it to you live on the show. I say live, live if we can get a pre recorded podcast. Well yeah, yeah. And I and I can go Woo gift. Yes. And get your genuine reaction on the show. I, I, I must insist that it is wrapped, even if it is wrapped yes. in newspaper. Yes, I will try and wrap it. <laughs> I could just give you it in the package and it will probably come in, but then again, I'd probably have to open it to make sure they didn't send you the wrong thing, because if they did, then you see it and you open it, it's a completely wrong thing. Yeah. You're like, what the hell is this? See, now, now I'm going to have to get you a gift now. You don't have to. I, I will. It's, it's, it's the bloody rules, man. Yeah. Remember in Fraser? Yeah. What Martin said? You know? Remind me. He was like, you can't, you don't just give a gift for nothing. If you give a gift, you return the, the gesture. See, your 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 response more so re- reflects Sheldon and Dionysia. He said, you have not given me a gift. You give me an obligation. Because now <laughs> I have to go and give you a gift of similar value. No, no, it's a gift. It's not an obligation. It's a gift. Yeah. It was a, a nice Christmassy gesture, which I feel, as you are my, my radio colleague and friend, I should return the, the gesture. Thank you very much. Speaking of, Razor, uh, this week we were rather finished season two of Cheers and we've moved on to, er, we've watched the first couple of episodes of season three, so we have now officially entered the Fraser Crane either. <laughs> so, you have now entered the Fraser Zone. Yes. So we've watched the first four or five episodes. And does, does he have hair? Yes, he has more hair, hair than he's had in a long, long time. <laughs> and, no, and he's noticeably thinner. Well. Yeah, they said like, the reason they picked David Hyde Pierce was because when Fraser first appeared on Cheers, he looked a lot like David Hyde Pierce. I don't know what that is. It's maybe I think I've noticed that I prefer Fraser the tel- as a television show to Cheers. Yeah. Maybe it's because like 
I could get through more episodes of Frasier in a single sitting than I, I seem to be able to do with Cheers. Yeah, my rec my record is three seasons in one sitting of Frasier. Is that how little of a life you have that you had all that free time to do that? Yes, yes it is. I think it's also more so Frasier's intro is just a few seconds and it's right into it, whereas Cheers, as good as the intro is, but the fifth time you've heard it at one day, you like, skip it, skip it, skip yeah, it. Yeah, just fast forward through it. I had the same problem when, like last year, uh, on New Year's Day, the, fre- the entirety of The Fresh Prince went up on Netflix, and oh, yeah. my brother went back to the beginning and watched the whole thing, and after a while, after the first season, the you start more often not skipping the intro than you do watching it. Yeah. And we've, we've, we've now put Friends up on face on, on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. So we have. And I... And yeah, I if you can get it in enough places. Yeah, and I went and, you know, I went on Netflix and they said, what are your suggestions for things to put on Netflix? They give you the three options. I just said, Frasier, Frasier, Frasier. All the while in my head going, you can put this crap on, but you can't put Frasier on it, you dicks. I mean, I know it's on the American Netflix because people on the Frasier fan group on Facebook are always talking about watching it on Netflix. But it's not on UK Netflix. Yeah. Which is... Shit. Yes, it's just. I just love how I, I, I didn't notice him at first, but then you notice how he's he, towards the end of the first episode of season three, he's hanging around the bar, and then eventually, then eventually Sam rocks around. Hello, Sam. Yeah. He just pops it in here. <laughs> but like you say, so much thinner. Yeah. And well, to see Scotty Grammar has more hair in this. And yeah. Much, not much of a compliment. Did you see how much further he's hair receded by the time but Frasier starts? As I said, in Frasier, see once he gets rid of his weird professor long, long hair at the back. I have to like the first two seasons. Yeah, his hair basically stays exactly the same. Yeah. Even though he's a balding man, he doesn't look like a balding man. Yeah, I preferred that look from season three onwards that he had with his hair because that's how I... That's how you know of him. Yes, that's how I... Most episodes of Frasier I'd watched before going back to the beginning and watching it all through. Yeah. That's how I'd seen him mostly. And just seen him with that weird, like, longer bit of back. Yeah, the, pro- the professor cut. Yeah, the, the first two seasons, like, it just wasn't. Like, I'm, I'm enjoying the episode, but I'm waiting to get to season three so we can get rid of this weird <laughs> fucking hair. Uh. So, yeah, that's a, a positive. Oh, and speaking of gifts, I gave uh, Craig a gift. Did I tell you this on the show last week that uh, when I went to see Meet You did, you got him a DVD, didn't you? And the fact that he left, he gave the Santa holds in our bag and he forgot to get it back off her. No. No, I had a thought there, but it's gone. Is that no, then no, you don't remember me saying it, or did I say it last week that he No, no, I thought of something I could add to that, but it's not appropriate for now. Alright, well, tell me about it. Yeah, so... I gave final gave Piggy's gift and he fucking forgot it. Yeah, he left it with uh, Sam. With Sam, didn't he? Don't eat it. Oh, we're also we're, while we're watching Molly's game, uh, the main character has been offered a sent a deal, uh, a prison sentence of up to forty two months. Yeah. Which is over like three and a half years. But Craig says the wrong, the complete wrong thing. And he says it with such confidence that he makes it all the more worse the fact that he's wrong. <laughs> and just he goes, uh, two, he goes, he went, he went two years. And I'm like, I just turned around, no, two months is just over. <laughs> you're thinking of twenty four months. You've got the numbers reversed, you tit. And after we make, as soon as I got the, the cinema, as soon as the film stopped, I felt Sam with it, and I would not let it go. Uh, I made sure he remembered his stupidity. That, I may add, that is something I've seen. During the week, what? I've seen the the brand new Power Rangers movie. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I I won't tell you too much about it then because I don't want to ruin it. But overall impressions, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. You know, it was it was it wasn't bad. I've got to say, and the Lazards look kind of cool. All right, and. <laughs> Brian Cranston from Malcolm in the Middle and Breaking Bad Zordon. plays Zordon. Yeah. 
and Alpha 5 isn't so irritating you want to kill him. He's actually kind of cool. Man's the only one who thinks the weird the way they've got the door down now. You ever see those things in uh, toy shops? They be things, we pin things. You yeah, know, yeah, you yeah. Come on down and you make a wee impression. That's kind of what Zordon looks like. Yeah, kinda, kinda. I'd have preferred it if it was just a big floating head in a tube. Yeah. yeah. Now I just all I can picture is Brian Cranston recording his lines while putting his face in one of those things. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they're called. If anybody knows, please let me know. It's a, a it's a pin thing. Pin thing. A pin thing. I think it's one of those things like you know, like supposed to be grown up toys, like desk toys, like the clacking balls, yeah. you know. I mean, somebody said I've seen a description of it on one of the toys saying for those hard to buy for and to liven up a dollar a dull party, I'm thinking, if you're if you're if you don't know somebody if you know somebody and you're struggling that much to buy something for them that you get them this or you bring this to a party just in case things die down. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Who the hell brings... Oh, I'm going to party to Dave's. Could get, you said party's going to be boring. Better bring this thing to I'll bring the pin thing. This will liven thing. <laughs> People will tell each other about this in the morning. Yeah. Oh, God, you were, you were non-stop on that pin thing. We had to prize you off it. <laughs> I, I do recall some family member when I was young having one of them go, it was. It wasn't so much a fun toy, but it was one of those things that you just you were. You were more. You were more curious as a kid as to what its function was than anything else. Mm. Like what, I know it pushes in, but what 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 is it for? Yeah. You know. And you could never get your handprint on the thing, like you know whenever you've seen it in a catalogue or something. Yeah. And it was a perfect handprint pushed into the thing. Mm-hmm. You could never quite get it, right. Yeah. You know. Well, another thing I wanted to talk about that I did during the week is it took me a couple of days because it's nearly five hours long. Is I finally sat down and watched all of Wrestle Kingdom, Japan's equivalent of WrestleMania. I heard that was good. And if anybody complains about the length of the big four shows, about how long they are plus the G show, yeah. and yet sits through this without no complaint, you're a fucking hypocrite. <laughs> was it good? I think it was good. Being a not as being as a regular as regular viewer to the New Japan. I try to watch a bit of it here and there. Do you feel like you should watch more of it? I, I do enjoy more from not. I enjoy more than I dislike it. Yeah. I'm not as I'm not as hardcore fan as some other people are. Like I say, I must I must thank you for showing me a little bit of what like, ICW already. Oh yeah, I showed you the uh, the King of Insanity match that I went yeah. on about. That is wrestling as I remember it. I really feel That's I should start. Yeah, I really feel I should start watching that more. Yeah. Because. You know, it's not shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's sometimes you want to watch a, a technical wrestling match, and sometimes you want to see guys just brutalize the shit of each other with weapons. And that is last. And, and you had both of these on the show. You had the main event with the technical stuff. Yeah. And you had this. See, something for everyone. Anyway, where was I? You were talking about Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it took me a couple of days to, to actually get through. I won't talk about every match, but I have a tie for my favourite match. Go on. Is the uh, the first is the four way for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship between Marty Skrull, Will Ospreay, Kushida, and Hiromu Takahashi. Cool. Make sure I get the names right. Uh, <laughs> right enough. Yeah, and uh, essentially, a lot of people will probably call this a spot fest. But it was a great kind. Sometimes you're just in the mid for a spot fest. <laughs> like I said, something for everyone. Like, and Will Ospreay and Marty Scurll are two British wrestlers. And yeah. Who don't know, and they've kind of had a ongoing feud through different promotions they've been in over the years. And there's kind of a reoccurring theme where Will Ospreay wins a title in a promotion, and shortly after it, Marty Scurll takes it from him. Yeah. He did it in Progress. He did it in Ring of Honor, and he he, he was going in Marty Scurll as the junior heavyweight ch- champion. And he'd, the last big show in November, I believe it was, he had taken it from Will Ospreay not long after Ospreay had, w- had won it. Mm-hmm. So, so there was a kind of reoccurring thing that uh, Ospreay always kind of loses his big titles to Skurro. And uh, Will Ospreay finally won the match, and I believe he pinned Skurro. Yeah. So he finally broke, seemingly broke this whole curse. But now they've got a big setup for a future match where Skurro can probably say, like, you beat me because it was a multi man match. You. you <laughs> Try beating me one on one, and then that tells another story. 
But yeah, there was one of the things where it seemed like at any point either man could have won it, and I'm constantly fighting for all the false finishes. And like I said, it's mostly a spot fest, and I'm sure sometimes it's probably more of a spot fest. But uh, like I said, sometimes you're just in the mood to see that kind of that kind of match. Yeah. Yeah, that was good, and also the side with the no DQ semi-main event yeah. for the IWGB US Championship, the Alpha versus Omega, Chris Jericho versus uh, Kenny Omega. Yeah, I was very curious as to how that was going to go. See, they had a really good build up because it started on them bashing each other on Twitter because uh, they're both from Winnipeg and uh, somebody was saying about how Kenny's the best in the world and Jericho responded, best in the world, he's not even the best from Winnipeg. <laughs> and uh, he, he challenged them by a video on a screen at a New Japan show for the title and uh, then he had the one in December where he appeared again then at the time when the lights came back up he was there yeah. and he hit a code breaker and freaking Omega sold it perfectly and then he hit him with his belt and he caught him seemingly caught him with the edge and Kenny bladed because he caught him with like, the sharp edge of one of the belt and he started trying to cut him with the belt Aye. so Kenny got some blood and then they did a press conference for Wrestling the following day, and while Derek was being interviewed by members of the Japanese press, Omega tries to attack him. Yeah. So they're trying to ramp up this as a proper fight. And uh, there's a lot of people who are online going, oh, can Jericho at his age keep up with somebody like Omega? Can he go a long match? Which I thought, these people don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> In the end, they were proven wrong because the match went just, just about 35 minutes. <laughs> So, yes, yeah, because you can still go. And well, I said the, the junior heavyweight title match was my favourite from a spot, a move standpoint, because all the favourite best good spots they'd done it. The Jericho match was good from a character point because Jericho was essentially going in as the heel. And, yeah. And, and heel Jericho is best Jericho, and he played it perfectly here. Like, he was constantly shouting at Kenny, he was giving the finger to the crowd, he pushed the referee. And then one of the young boys that they have running the ringside, one of the trainees, is apparently the referee's son, and he confronted Jericho, and Jericho put the, the young boy in the wall to Jericho. <laughs> yeah, I put an interesting note about Jericho. Brian made an interesting point about him all the day. Yeah. But he's starting to take on a bit of a Roddy Piper look. Mm. You know, just the general look of him. Yeah. And I hit back with, well, Piper always looked like that. Jericho didn't always look, yeah. you know, like that. Yeah, I guess. like that. Piper always looked crap. And that aside, you have said on the podcast a few times you were lucky enough to meet the man once. Yes, I was lucky enough to meet him just briefly at a thing, and we didn't change many words other than him complimenting my school tie. <laughs> but I'm, I think, like you said, I was lucky enough to get that autograph before he sadly passed away. Yeah, yeah. It was only a couple of years beforehand. Well, it's a sad thing, but at least you got to meet him. Yeah. But, uh, like, uh, but, uh, yeah, so, yeah, and also, Kenny Omega ended up bleeding, I think, again. Yeah. He had a shot where Jericho put a chair in the corner and he completely threw, Jer- threw Kenny into the... <laughs> and he, at one point, threw, hit Jericho, Kenny with the chair so hard that the seat part, because he'd been hit, he'd used it so many, the seat part broke off the chair. <laughs> and uh, both men do the traditional kind of, and he's kind of outside of your matches where they kick each other finisher but they did do it in a way that didn't make the finishers look like shit or the guy look like shit yeah they did it like it looked like a legit kick out well because no, Kenny does a move called the one winged angel and I don't know how he, I can describe this I'll show you viewers because people won't be able to see me doing it but he lifts them up on their shoulders and he kind of just floats them over and they land on like most of them on their shoulders I can't remember how you feel so kind, kind of like a dominator no, it's kind of not well because the dominators are lying on like this on their back, where he has them like sitting up on his shoulders. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep trying to give you sh- show you it later on, but uh, Killian Dane Big Demo does a similar yeah. similar shit called the Ulster Plantation, and people when he first used an NXT were giving him shit online. Zero, you're stealing Kenny Omega's move. And he went, calm down. I've been using this long before he was. <laughs> kind of similar thing to Hideo Itami in the GTS. Aye. Uh, because uh, the main when he was fighting for the tight the NXT in Chicago, he put a tweet. Chicago seems like the perfect way to debut my, and I'll get in caps, GTS. Aye. Aye, uh, so uh, Kenny does that, but Jericho gets his foot on the rope, and uh, Jericho hits the code breaker, but he's knackered by this point, so it takes him longer to get to the cover, so that gives Kenny a few seconds to 
recuperate. Yeah. And then the finish comes where Dick McKay hits the Wingman Angel again, but he hits it on a chair. Oof. So, yeah, so fair to Jericho because taking bumps like that and like the other, a year or so ago he took the tack bump, which he doesn't really need to take. Yeah. But he does it anyway because he knows it will add more to the match. Well, you know Jericho, he's hardcore, he's always up for it. Aye, because if you read any Jericho books, which I have, you can tell Jericho will, is up for anything as what that he feels will help impact, improve a match or the story. Yeah. And uh, so, so yeah, Jericho was the perfect heel in this in this match. And I'm sure there's more to say, but at the moment I'm kind of blanking, but I just I really enjoyed <laughs> it. It's just my, like I said, between that and the four-way, I can't figure out which match I you, enjoyed you, more. You cannot put into words just how fantabulous it was. Yeah. And yes, I know fantabulous is not a word. That is a me unique word. Yeah. Fantabulous. Just below that, we had a match for the reverse of the Intercontinental Championship. It had Hiroshi Tanahashi, sorry. Yeah, you got there. Yeah. <laughs> I was mixing up with his name with Takahashi from a junior match. <laughs> like, two, 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 essentially, he was their John Cena for he was the, the He became their champion, their face, in like 2006 when the company was like not as popular as it is now and he helped bring it to where it is now Yeah. to eventually lose it to eventually after a feud with Okada their current big face he essentially passed the torch on to him but he's still around and still considered a big deal now he's got the secondary belt against the guy Switchblade Jay White who's a, a New Zealand wrestler Yeah. so he's just yeah, keep returning to New Japan and essentially immediately went after the top guy he didn't unfortunately he didn't win the title but, but uh, I, I, I kind of seemed it to Put in terms that makes the WWE fans on the side. I think it came across more so like when Kevin Owens debuted and went right after John Cena and beat him. Well, except uh, also at risk, also at risk, and Jay White didn't win. Ah. But he does seem to be going after Kenny Omega now in his title, so we'll see how that goes. And uh, it looks like Jericho's actually staying in Japan because at the next the show, the show the night after called New Year's Dash, which is usually where kind of like their Raw after May where the next couple of months' stories are begin. Yeah, yeah. They're going for new stories. Uh, Jericho came in and attacked Naito, who unsuccessfully challenged for the heavyweight title the night before, because they kind of had some back and forth on Twitter. I don't know how much of it was real and how much of it was a work. Yeah. But uh, they'd kind of had, because like, Naito was unhappy with this whole being the double main event, because he felt Jericho was coming in and taking his spot, which is kind of a similar situation to what happened last time he challenged the title, where he was voted out. Cause he went it back when he was a face because he wasn't he was a big uh, over enough face that he was vote he was his match got end up getting demoted to the semi main event. Ah. This was maybe his redemption, and he obviously didn't end up winning the title, and he felt annoyed with Jericho coming in and being in the semi main because he felt this was history kind of repeating itself. Mm. And uh, so New Japan's got a, a show in America and at the end of March called Strong Style Evolve, and. Uh, it looks like Jericho's going to come back at that show and fight Naito, so we'll, That'd see, be how, pretty cool. we'll see, see how long uh, Jericho sticks around. And uh, so yeah, overall, I actually enjoyed Wrestle Kingdom. I watched last year's Wrestle Kingdom. I think more so because after this, after last year, I, 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 every now and then I tune into it. Yeah. So I think it's because of that, and I've watched videos kind of explain, better explaining who these characters are. Uh, that's how I know who Naito is and Tanahashi and all that are. Yeah. So. Uh, now that I know that and I have a better understanding, I think that's why I enjoyed this show more. Whereas most of the last year was more of an outsider coming in and watching it, and I didn't see it as the big, like best show ever that as many that many other fans seen it as. Mm. And uh, but apparently Jericho coming in did do a lot of big business for New Japan. For New Japan, yeah. And it helped bring in a lot of casual fans in. So and you always knew that was going to be what. Uh, you're you're being an older fan. You you remember Don Callis, uh, Cyrus from ECW and WF the Jackal. Oh yeah yeah. Remember he's a uh, in New Japan. Thing. He's went. He's part of the the English commentary team. With, Japan. With Jackal. Him and uh, Kevin Kelly. Yeah. Uh, I remember he, Kevin Kelly. He, he the main commentary team and uh, Don Callis is uh, like blatantly sides with Kenny Omega. All the time. He's essentially yeah. He's kind of Kenny's Bobby Heenan. Yeah, like, you he, know, he thinks Kenny's the best of all time. If I'm right, <laughs> and I'll need to watch the Survivor Series '96 video back again, mm-hmm. but if I'm right, Kevin Kelly was the one that gave the first interview to The Rock. 
way back when, just before his debut at Survivor Series 96. I, I believe it was there. I believe that was Kevin Kelly. Yeah. Uh, and the Jackal used to manage one of the short-lived factions, uh, the, Truth the Truth Commission. And was apparently very unliked backstage, and he still to this day apparently doesn't know why. Yeah. Well, I know I know he got, uh, he got his ass kicked by Crush during that match. He decided to be a participant in the match. And we all know what happened with the Truth Commission. Mm-hmm. Kirkin, who could have been a massive, like, yeah. bad guy, heel, whatever, in WWF at the time, was demoted to being in the oddities. You know. The reason about um, Callis is uh, Jericho had him on his podcast, he's not credited. Callis has been the guy who kind of uh, came up with the idea and kind of originally got connected Jericho with the guys at New Japan about making this match happen. Yeah. And there was an angle, like, then when I said that Jericho appeared in Japan and attacked Kenny and, like, blazes him, and that, when Kenny bladed. Yeah. It was a bit where uh, Don Callis, yeah, Don Callis actually get in the ring to try and confront Jericho because he knows, because everybody knows that he knows Jericho because he's also from Winnipeg. And uh, he knows Jericho, and he's also he's a big supporter of Kenny on the commentary. And Jericho attacked him as well. So, and then at the press conference the next day, he comes in in like a wheelchair with a full neck brace and has Kevin Kelly pushing him around. <laughs> it's just brilliant. But, uh, there was one match that I didn't really enjoy as much as the other people seemed to. And that was the opening match for the junior junior tag titles. All right. It was uh, the Young Bucks versus a team known as the Pongi 3K. And uh, the reason I call it is their manager, Rocky Mare, was in a team with Trent Beretta. Alright. Uh, uh, Beretta left midway through last year to become a heavyweight and move out the junior division. Yeah. And, he, and uh, these two new young guys uh, were recruited by Rocky Mare and he calls them Rapongi DK because they're 3,000 times better than the original team. <laughs> and uh, so they, came, they just came in in their first match as a team, won the junior tag titles, won this big junior tag tournament. Yeah. First guys as the champions to do so, but then are challenged by the Bucks, who are essentially the big guy, the top team in that division. As this is going to be their big test, and uh, for whatever reason, I just I just couldn't get into it. Uh, every match after that, I kind of got into for different reasons, like like yeah. you mentioned. But you this d- match d- just wasn't my. Mm-hmm. You do get a lot of matches like that, though. Sometimes you just yeah. you watch them and you like. See, maybe it's because I expected it to be full more of the high spots that the Bucks are known for and they were trying to do a different kind of match and there's no problem with doing that but for me just like, and one of them I think it was either one of the Bucks or one of the guys from Rohongri 3K because they both one, <laughs> one member of each team did end up hurting their back in this match but one of them took a dive to the outside yeah. and, and, off, and hit off the metal ramp and hit oh. really close to the edge way yeah. which, which made me kind of wince because I remember that's how I think that's how Rick Rude's career ended yeah. Nice cross body thing knocked him back towards the edge, and he caught his back on the edge, and that would, that would be his career fucked. And you don't want to see that happen to somebody like somebody you know, that young. Aye, somebody just a career like done just as well like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you you don't really want to see it happen to any wrestler, you yeah. know what I mean? But uh, like I know what you mean. It's a lot yeah. worse if it's a guy just starting out, or yeah, it's good. It's still got a long way to go, and then just suddenly his injuries got to hang it up. But uh. A key name there draws, mm. you know. You see, those, I found I maybe my opinions about this match will go on uh, Twitter and on uh, like how I enjoy the show. But the Young Bucks match, uh, uh, under was underwhelming in as far as I thought. And I mentioned that on Twitter and I put it on some wrestling groups that I'm a part of on Facebook. Yeah. I found kind uh, of the there's two ways of uh, of talking about wrestling and. On Facebook, I found like the more positive one where a guy commented, kind of surprised, but oh really? Because I was I was expecting less from the match, and I actually enjoyed it more. And we were kind of like, well, you're entitled to your opinion, but this is what I felt, and that. Yeah. So I can't remember exactly the comment. I'm sorry to sorry that I kind of was left open to quote the exact one. But I, but then on the opposite side on Twitter, I got a response from somebody we actually I'm not gonna I don't feel it's good to that I say his name on on here. But I'll just say if all you me know him, we actually went to college with him. Ah. Yeah, so I don't think it's right that I say his name because it sounds like I'm trying to, like, call him out or some shit like that. But, uh, so, like, that's, that the guy on Facebook is the more positive side, whereas this guy that we know... Yeah. Uh, ...responded to my thing, kind of, that's because you're a WWE fan, dot, 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 hashtag, fuck the revival, 
because that's the whole thing between the Young Bucks and the Revival. Because a lot of people were pointing that the, the Revival were the best team when back when they were having their big matches in NXT. Yeah. Unfortunately, their main roster runs have kind of been a stop start due to fortunately timed injuries. Yeah. And so the Young Bucks and everybody jumped on their Young Bucks' bandwagon with the whole hashtag eh, TR fuck the Revival. <laughs> and uh, I was basically like, oh, that's just basically implying that I only like, I didn't like the Young Bucks match because I'm a WWE guy, despite the fact that I said. I enjoyed the the show the whole show overall except for this one match. Yeah. And uh, he I just replied, No, it's just my opinion. Hashtag forever the revival. <laughs> I which is another hashtag the revival started, which I used against him. I didn't hear anything back, so Yeah. So you, he was like, Oh yeah, and you were like, Yeah, damn it. So yeah, there's Good, it's a nice way to talk to people on, on, online about wrestling, and there's the not so good way, but not so good way to say, come out and say, oh no, you're wrong because this reason. Whereas just asking, oh, is that your opinion? I actually think this thing. Yeah. But you're entitled to your opinion. I I like talking wrestling on Facebook on occasion when I can, when I can educate people, mm-hmm. just and not to be a not to be an ass about it, but go yeah. I can go, oh well, that's where you're wrong actually, yeah. like. People saying to me one time on Facebook that Stone Cold never held the winged eagle belt. And I said, well, actually, you're wrong. Yes, enough, he, he held, held it at WrestleMania, 14, at WrestleMania 14 and the following night, they changed the the following night between the time he came out and received the new belt. Yeah. You know. See, see even I knew that. Yeah, but there are some people who may be younger wrestling fans that don't actually know that. It's more so when you see images of Austin with a belt, you see him either with a broken steel belt or with that new belt that he got the next yeah. night. But what was the title he won at WrestleMania? The Winged Eagle. The Winged Eagle. Yes, I'm, just, I'm just being devil's advocate here, trying to explain why they might not be yeah. aware. Who was, who was the last official holder of the Winged Eagle belt? Shawn Michaels. Well, it's not Stone Cold. Cold. Oh, I thought you were talking about it in arena, I was about to say Shawn Michaels. Well, the last official reigning Winged Eagle champion, like, ha- held it for a long time, was Shawn. Yeah. He held it from Survivor Series all the way to Mania. Yeah, but <laughs> held it for held it re- defended it at Rumble and then didn't wrestle again until Mania because he fucked his back. Well, technically, only defended twice because he also had to defend it at, in your house in December against Shamrock. Oh yeah, with DX in your house. Yeah. So it's only twice he defended it once he. I think I think you, only the times I can remember is the match. At, uh, or only three title defences the one in your house the one at Rumble and because of his injuries the one at uh, Mania. Mania that's the only ones I can yeah. remember because I know he, he sat out the Fairbairn pay-per-view because he's injured yeah I'm just I'm trying to think if he went and defended it at all just on Raw or anything mm-hmm. you know yeah I bet, I bet he has and somebody's going to be going to remind us online well if someone knows that let us know but uh, I didn't want to talk about the whole rest of Kingdom show could probably give my opinions on every match, but I don't. But that would be. Well, what would you give it? Like, look, from the show you've seen out of ten, what would you? Or would you say it was a five-star event? You know. I don't think it's for me to say it. Give it. Pro- I don't think it's for me to say to give it a proper rating because, like I said, even though I enjoyed it more so than last year, because I know a bit more about New Japan and the characters in it, and I'm not a uh, I'm not the kind of person I think who should give it a rating because I don't, I still don't, there's still things about it I, I'm not as familiar with. But you, you can give your, you can give a rating in the sense of being a wrestling fan, yeah. you know. Maybe out of five, maybe four, four and a half, maybe because of that Young Bucks match that I didn't quite enjoy. Yeah. Maybe, maybe four and a half. Four minutes. But yeah, so... Oh, I did want to comment on one more match. Sorry, uh, oh, go on. Cody Rhodes versus uh, Kota Ibushi. Was that the match where even though Cody had lost the title, yeah, he still wrestled the match anyway? Yeah, it was a special singles match because it was originally meant to be for the Ring of Honor. Pick. Yeah. And, uh, Ibushi won, so I'm starting to have a theory that uh, Cody only lost the title because they wanted Ibushi to win but not win the title. Ah. So maybe they're, and then they'll uh, build up to a week they can... Like, build up a rematch and still, still take it from the presses of a big Ring of Honor title rematch before Cody can get the belt back. Yeah. So yeah, and there's a very brutal looking spot uh, where Cody did a crossroads off the apron and just the way he obviously landed on oh. his, and I have, they did mention in the Cruiser Classic he had neck problems in the past. Yeah. So uh, 
group knowing that and seeing the way he landed, it really was hard to watch. That, talking about bad ones, I did purchase a, a pay-per-view mm-hmm. in the past week, Rumble 2005, uh-huh. with the calamitous ending. Uh, yeah, the, you know, the, McMahon and his torn hamstring and all that shit. Yeah. But the thing that really did make me wince during it. I think I know. Are you talking about Paul London's elimination? Yeah, when Snitsky eliminated Paul London. He was closing up the apron and he did a flip as he came yeah, up. Yeah, and the way, the way Snitsky hit him. Mm. Oh, he had to be stretchered out. You know, he didn't, he didn't, he connected far too well with that hit and he didn't land well you know not well at all but yeah that that was a nasty bit of that rumble and the calamitous ending with McMahon sitting on his arse in the ring shouting at Cena and Batista Yeah. They were tag partners for quite a while, long time. And uh, they had a thing angle the next night in the US after Cody tried to beat, beat up Obishi uh, after a, a tag match. <laughs> and Kenny Omega came out and stopped him. Cool. So they're kind of crossing tension between Cody and like who is really in charge of the Bullet Club. Yeah. Which is uh, interesting. I want to see where that goes. Say so. We should do that next show. Next week, yeah. Yes. During the week, you go away and try and think of some questions you think will get me, and I'll try and think of some questions. We'll see. We'll try and see who, if we can determine who knows the more more about wrestling. Who has the bigger, who, the who bigger wrestling brain? Who has the more wrestling knowledge? Yeah, that can be it. Who is and tribute to Bobby Heenan? Who is the brain? Yes. You know. Who is the brain and who is the weasel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I might know more than you think I know. Oh, oh, you think so, do you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you think so? I think so. You think so? I think so. You think so? I think so. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fuck. So, yeah, we'll, we'll probably, probably follow something. Ah. Let me to do next week's show to do with Bobby Heenan, but I yeah. have no idea what we're going to call this show because I just had... All I had was Wrestle Kingdom, watched yours, and I had the thing that annoyed me. I'll see what falls up to. That's all I had going into this show, and it's been a fun discussion. We went nearly the full hour on just that alone. This, this has been this has been us at our very best. This has been a rambling podcast with some serious discussion, and a lot of serious discussion, good reviewing, and a little light-hearted banter. <laughs> but only the way you and I know how to do it. You know. Yeah. I think I think we should wrap up well ahead. The only thing I did was drew a smiley face. <laughs> These contributions are just also important to this show. Shut up, you! You're always ragging on me, man. <laughs> I do it because I care. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. So yeah, before we go, do remember to like our Facebook page, facebook.com/ramblingspodcast, or, or our Twitter page. Follow us on Twitter at sp rambling, or follow me on Twitter at scumbagleg1996. Good chat, and, and make sure if you follow us on either of those platforms, do make sure you let us know what you want to see here, what you want to hear us talk about, or if you want to hear us do specific pay per view reviews when we do them, let us know. Like, we have some, if you want to talk about any, I think we've already said what rumbles we're going to do. Well, yeah, I, th- I think the, the listeners could off- we could start a poll for the listeners. Yeah. We, uh, so I think we've got we did on 97 and 01 for the rumbles, but yeah, we're still in a bit much, we haven't, we have until March. One one I would like to review is the 92 one. Oh, well, besides something we're going to do. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, 
the new trend for you is that like people like friends think it's from WrestleMania you want us to review yeah. like for like maybe end of March start of April when we do the, review, the uh, reviews in time for Mania itself interesting note about the 92 one which ties in with both the 2016 one and the Faction Evolution well, 92 Rumble was for the title. As was 2016, I get that. As was 2016. Ric Flair won that 92 Rumble for the title. Triple H won the 16 one for the title. Both of whom were members of... Evolution. Evolution. So, yeah, next week, as we know, the challenge has been thrown down. The gauntlet has been... Cast. Yeah. It's <laughs> me versus Paul next week. Who is the weasel? Who is the brain? He'll lose. He sucks. Ha ha. Oh, we'll see about that. Just bring it, as the rock would say. God, I feel so stupid doing that. Yeah, no one can see you. I, yes, but you can, and that's all that matters. Yes, but I don't care. Ha ha ha. We've got the pre-records from Rumble movies at some point. And also, if, given that Paul has the network at some point at the end of January, Star Trek, we should be able, if he's seen it, we should be able to review this year's Royal Rumble. We will see. It, w- it will be good. And we can compare, was it a success, was it a failure? How did the, how did the first ever female Royal Rumble go? Did James Elsa come back and get involved in that? And people He'll come back and win the fucking thing or something. Well, do, well everybody moan about that as well. Who knows? He'll be, he'll be the new Santino or Santina. I've seen a, a, a video online talking about who they'd like to see it come back and make a surprise appearance and they mentioned if either Beth Phoenix or Karma come back they'll be the only competitor to appear in a men's and women's Royal Rumble because both of them appeared in the, not, in the actual Royal Rumble match itself. Yeah, it's a pity neither of those two mattered. China mattered. Well, China's probably going to make an appearance. That would be def- that would be a surprise in more ways than one. Yeah, well, that would be a hell of a surprise too, yeah. So... Thank you once again, Paul, for coming in and contributing to the show, contributing to some good discussions, I feel. I think so. And uh, I was struggling to think, what should we do to play it? And I remembered we talked about Wrestle Kingdom and uh, Chris Jericho came out to not to break the walls down, obviously, because WWE and copyright. Play with a wide finger at him. He came out to uh, his song, his latest Fozzy song, which I think is one of the best songs he's done in a while, Judas. Nice. And uh, we're going to come at, he even says it's one of the few songs he had, had he barely had any involvement in the make, in the writing or doing of. Yeah. He just provides his voice and how he felt the, the vocals should be sung. So that, was that him basically saying, I had no involvement in this and this is why it was good? Maybe that is why, maybe <laughs> that, maybe that is why it was so good. Maybe that's why even non-Posy fans are complimented because he had no involvement in it. Yes. I, d- I didn't touch it, I let them have at it. Yeah. You know. So yeah, who knows, but... Uh, that's what's going to play us out, so thank you once again, Paul, and just let you know next week. Thank you, Scott. Next week, we're going down. It's on, bitch. It's on. See you next week. See ya. Drag